Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, thank you, John. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. We have breaking news on our watch. The Manhattan Grand Jury has returned indictments. Reportedly, they will be against Donald Trump's money man, Alan Weisselberg, and the Trump Organization. Criminal charges. The specific charges are under seal, so we don't know the details. But sources say Weisselberg is set to turn himself in tomorrow morning. There is no charge currently against the former president. One was not expected at this point. This would be the first criminal charge against the company, not to mention the former president's money man. Here's the question. Will Weisselberg make a deal to help himself and or his kids. And what would prosecutors want? Well, we know, take any kind of political idea out of it, prosecutors only trade up, right? So what will this mean? It is certainly a break in the dam. The former president of the United States needs to seriously consider what is next. His company was just indicted. Let's bring in former federal prosecutor Elliot Williams and former longtime Trump Organization executive Barbara Rez, author of the book Tower of Lies. Barbara, let me start with you. Uh, the suggestion I made there about Alan Weisselberg, uh, you know him, Barbara. What is the chance that maybe not for him, uh, but for his kids, he would be willing to talk about things that prosecutors would be interested in? Well, I, I know Alan, and he's a, he's a regular person, or at least he used to be when I knew him. I mean, I know money and power corrupts, but I cannot imagine him jeopardizing his children for any reason whatsoever. He wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't do it. I can't see him going to jail, to be honest with you. And you think that any loyalty to the Trump family um, would yield to the interest to his own family? The question is, do you think, Barbara Rest, that he knows things that could be trouble for the former president with prosecutors. Absolutely, without a question. Anything that Allen did that resulted in some kind of illegality or some against the law, Trump knew about. That nothing big happens at the Trump Organization without Trump's knowledge. All right, so Elliot, we don't know the charges, uh, but we do know uh, we've never seen a former president in any way come under the scrutiny of criminal charges, and this is the Trump organization. He is the man at the top of the pyramid. To have his main man, the CFO, brought under indictment and the organization, what is the significance? Uh, you know, it's quite significant, um, both for the president and Alan uh, Weisselberg. Now, look, what this means is Weisselberg has a greater incentive now to cooperate with law enforcement. But frankly, as we saw today in another major story that you may uh, be covering over the course of the show, Chris, prosecutors have a tremendous amount of power when someone has charges hanging over their head. And the longer he waits uh, over making a decision over whether to cooperate, the worse it probably gets for him. What does it mean for the president? Well, look, when the company you run, when both the controller 
uh, and the chief financial officer, this is Alan Weisselberg, uh, are being spoken to by law enforcement about financial irregularities, and you are seen as inseparable from the company, it's got your name on it and so on, then certainly uh, that spells potential trouble. Now, we have no indication to believe that there are charges being brought against the president or members of his family. We don't know yet, and we will see. Right. Uh, And again, uh, not all the charges that come out tonight could be the last charges either. Uh, This is the way prosecutions sometimes work. They still have access to a grand jury to create more. Barbara Rez, the idea of what has been discussed as the universe of illegality here, Barbara, which is uh, things being passed off as gifts when they were really income to people. Is that something that you ever saw? Yes, but in a a much smaller way. Um, I know that when we had certain people working for us, uh, Trump uh, advised them to put in false uh, expenses and they would get cash payments that wouldn't be, um, you know, taxed. Um, So he had that mindset back when I was working for him. And, you know, watching him give these things away, it's it's reminiscent of of, of chits that I I remember him handing out. It was always a quid pro quo. And it was, what what can I get out of it? And and it it obviously got larger and, and more complex. And these Gifts are just buying off loyalty, just like giving jobs to uh, to their employees' children. I mean, what could, what could get more loyalty than that? I mean, you get they, they'll do anything to let their kids keep their jobs. I mean, it's just it's it's a routine that that has been going on, and, and Trump has really raised it to an art form. I think it's all about where the line is, right? Loyalty plays are one thing. If they go into the illegal, illegal, it's another. But then, Elliot, it becomes a type of illegality that matters for two reasons. One, uh, how impressed the public will be with these charges too, what kind of pressure they mean on the people who are indicted. Um, so if this is really about the kind of stuff that we're talking about uh, with Barbara and uh, I right now, which is what's been in the news, is that really enough to make Weisselberg feel the pinch uh, well, that his life is going to be ruined unless he makes a deal? Well, if you've ever been inside a prison, uh, it's pretty bad. So I, you know, I, I hesitate to say that uh, any criminal charge isn't enough to make someone feel the pinch. These are charges, when you, when you talk about these fringe benefit prosecutions, also know that they, it's one of the rare charges that brings potential liability to both the company and the individual, uh, because they're both seeking to evade paying taxes. But we, I think we, just, you know, we should wait and see what the charges are tomorrow. Um, but when it comes to both, A, going to jail, regardless of what age you are in life, and B, charges being potentially held over the heads of your children. You know, Chris, you and I are parents. Uh, Barbara, I don't, know, I don't know if you are, but you know, however, the thought of your children going to jail or, or paying serious fines is enough of a motivator to make someone act. And, and if prosecutors are looking into his children, uh, that's, that's certainly something significant. How often is the first wave of indictments not the last when you're doing this kind of white-collar criminal investigation? Yeah, they're, they're quite complex, you know, because they require going through financial records and statements and phone calls and, and uh, interviews with individuals and so on. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be inconceivable for more charges to come. You know, people should not... It, everybody's asking the question, is the president going to be charged with a crime? And it's just hard to know at this point. Certainly, prosecutions can grow and build and so on. Um, but more importantly, wait and see what the indictments say tomorrow and then move from there. Well, remember, they have a burden of proof. Uh, they don't want to swing and miss against President Trump. All due respect to the Manhattan DA's office. I'm not suggesting that this is about politics, but the person at the top of the food chain is elected. And the last thing you want is former President Donald Trump saying you came after them and missed 
uh, it would be bad for that person. And that is part of the consideration in all prosecutions. Let's be honest. They want to know how it's going to look. They're doing this for the public. What will the public think? Now, Barbara, what do you say to supporters of the president who say, ah, this is penny ante. Uh, he never knew about any of this stuff. They're just trying to get him. He's not a bad guy. People are just jealous. And this is about politics, not about anything that Trump ever did that should be punished. What do you want people to know about him and how he did his business? I, if anyone that says that, Trump supporters, I've written off now completely and they're, they're imbeciles. But anyone that says that has no interest in really knowing what the truth is. Because, I mean, you've seen it. He's demonstrated it by, by things that he admits to. You know, he, when he was saying how brilliant he was that he used the tax code, I am so brilliant. Well, what's he saying? <laughs> he knows but that the tax code was used. So he doesn't know this part of the tax code being used? I would tell them just, I tell them to read my book, but I would tell them just, you know, get real. Well, we'll know more about the charges and we'll understand whether or not this, where this seems in terms of a prosecution strategy. We'll know much more when we know the charges. They are under seal, but things rarely stay quiet. Uh, Elliot Williams, thank you very much. Barbara Ress, appreciate uh, the personal perspective on this as well. Thank you both. Thank you. Okay. Uh, another big story breaking on our watch. Uh, the picture's I don't think anybody was expecting to see today. Bill Cosby is a free man. Pennsylvania's highest court vacated his sexual assault conviction. And they said something else that you need to know because it's not being reported correctly. And it makes this even more controversial. The attorney who got the conviction thrown out joins us next. The question is, why is Bill Cosby a free man? Dozens of sexual assault claims that led to a hung jury and then a conviction in a retrial. So many stories with similar patterns of drugs and assault. Yet he is home now for the first time since 2018 after serving about three years of an estimated 10-year sentence. We saw he flashed a peace sign to news choppers as he did. But Andrea Constand and others, her case is the one that sent him to prison. She, dozens of other accusers, they may just have lost any sense of peace, maybe forever. So what is the why? What's the reason? It wasn't new evidence. There was no witness changing their story. This is not about his innocence. The Pennsylvania State Supreme Court is taking issue with a non-prosecution deal that Montgomery County DA Bruce Castor, you remember him from Trump's second impeachment trial? He made a deal with Cosby's team in 2005. Simply stated, you testify in the civil suit and there won't be criminal charges. It opened the door to Cosby giving up his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination when he testified in that civil deposition. The fact that his statements were used against him years later the court found denied him of his due process rights. You ever hear the expression fruit of the poisonous tree in the law that suggests a situation where you weren't supposed to ever try him. You made a deal and then you got this other testimony evidence from this civil trial and you wanted to then use it in a criminal trial when you said you wouldn't do that. Now that is fruit of the poisonous tree and you can't use it. So the court ruled for his immediate release and barred 
future prosecution on these charges. In a statement, Constant and her lawyers say the ruling is not only disappointing, but of concern and that it may discourage those who seek uh, justice for sexual assault in the criminal justice system. They add, we were not consulted or asked our thoughts by Mr. Castor concerning any agreements concerning immunity or anything. And we were not made aware if there were any such discussions. Now, while Cosby was silent this afternoon, um, he did speak later to ABC. Here's a little, little bit of it. Nobody had the sense to say, wait one second. This doesn't match up with the truth. This is not what I was taught in college. This is not what I was taught at home, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So let's bring in one of Cosby's attorneys now, Jennifer Bonjean. Thank you, Counselor. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, and just to be clear, you don't take exception to anything I said introducing this segment, right? I mean, he wasn't found innocent. He I, wasn't exonerated. This was a procedural issue uh, that the trial should have never happened. Fair point? Uh, I, well, I do take uh, issue with one point, is that this was a prosecution on one person's claim, one person's allegation. This wasn't uh, a, an indictment uh, involving five women, uh, 60 women, whatever the number is that, this was one woman's claim that was prosecuted. So I, I, I think that that needs to be made clear. Um, and also, I would point out that these are you know, constitutional safeguards. This isn't just a matter of technicalities or you know, we are talking about major constitutional principles on which our criminal justice system rests. And, and that's why the remedy um, was a strong one. So uh, apart from that, um, I agree um, that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court wasn't speaking uh, to uh, the uh, guilt or innocence as to uh, Ms. Constance's claims, but it was a single person's claims um, that uh, were brought in that trial. I'll deal with that in one second. Uh, but in terms of the procedural issue, take us back. Sure. Obviously, you knew this was an opportunity when you were heading into the retrial uh, and that, you know, this criminal prosecution was taking place after one uh, wasn't supposed to happen at all. Was that argued at the time? And why was the prosecution allowed to go forward at the time? Oh, sure. It was it was argued. Only the media wasn't reporting on it. Um, uh, nobody was interested in hearing that, that there had been an agreement, and a lot of this energy, this angry energy, should really be directed at the prosecutors because this is a case about prosecutorial misconduct. Um, you may take issue with Mr. Castor for having made the agreement in the first place, and you should also take issue with the prosecutors who refused to honor that agreement. Uh, so that is what the story is here. But yes, it was raised. It was raised before the first trial. It was litigated, and Mr. Cosby uh, and his team uh, vigorously fought that and, and stated he should never have been prosecuted on account of this agreement. Um, you say uh, you want to be clear that this is just about Andrea Constant. Fair, the, the, fair, fair point. No, fair point. Yeah. It happens to be just true. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that it's the best fact. You know, when people think about the Cosby story, they think back uh, to that New Yorker cover uh, with all those women. And what was so, um, you know, frightening about their stories was how similar they were, even though they didn't know each other. And it raises the question, to your own point, you're right, it was only one woman. And do you expect that they should bring at least another case with all these other alleged victims? Well, we, all of the alleged victims had every opportunity 
to press their claims at the time that the statute of limitations allowed them to do so. Uh, for various reasons, they chose not to, and I'm not here to judge why they may have chosen not to. But we still have a system of laws and rules and a constitution that requires us to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. And you can't cheat to get a conviction just because we now have a movement uh, that um, wants to um, make a platform inside the courtroom for women who chose not to press their claims or didn't press their claims for some reason or another. Uh, that's fine on social media. That's fine in the newspapers. But in the courtroom, uh, we have to still follow the rules and we can't make it a platform just about women coming forward who, who didn't at the time when it would have been possible to prosecute those claims. Um, said on my paper, New Yorker. It was New York Magazine. That's, uh, you know, it's good to be accurate, but it's insignificant. I, the, the, the real point is this. What does it mean to you now that Bill Cosby, he did do a few years in prison. Yeah. Um, but that with all these women and all these allegations, and again, I don't have to tell you, these were not hand on the knee. These were not verbal suggestions. Uh, this was a pattern that he acknowledged uh, in that civil trial no. of, well, you're going to take exception with the word uh, pattern, but he acknowledged uh, when you got quaaludes, was it in your mind that you were going to use these quaaludes for young women that you wanted to have sex with? That's multiple women. That's behavior. That's a pattern. He said, yes. Does it bother you at all? that what seemed to be a pretty clear uh, MO for Cosby is going to be mitigated in terms of its punishment? Uh, my job is a defense attorney, and I'm very proud of the work we did in upholding the Constitution. And I'm very proud that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was not influenced by uh, the, um, the court of public opinion. And uh, so in that regard, it does not bother me in the slightest. Um, I also believe that we have a, um, a trend in our courtrooms where the courtrooms are being infiltrated uh, by the court of public opinion. And that leads to miscarriages of justice. Um, I believe you'll see that with the Weinstein case as well, which I consulted on. Uh, that was uh, the same scenario. And I have no problem with a just and righteous verdict if you get there a fair way. But when you cheat to get there, there is no righteousness or justice in that verdict. And that, unfortunately, is what happened. Um, both well, well, in Mr. Hold on Cosby's one second. I'm, I'm with you that the game has to be played. We all know the adage uh, that 100 guilty men should go free or women uh, so that one uh, innocent is not punished wrongfully. I hear you. But let's not uh, fake the funk here either. You had a jury hear testimony from Constant and other women, and they convicted him. Um, so this wasn't he that it was all manipulation. Well, this was a real jury that got to hear it and found him guilty. You also had a jury that heard evidence they shouldn't have heard, both in the form of this deposition that was obtained illegally. And you also had a jury that heard evidence from, frankly, other bad act, other accusers it sh never should have heard because we don't live in a world where we try people's character, we try crimes. Mm. So I do not believe we had a fair trial and I don't believe you can look at this verdict and put any stock in it, frankly. Um, and also, let's, not keep, let's keep in mind that uh, all of this prevented Mr. Cosby from being able to tell his story from the witness stand because of that deposition. So let's not say, oh, this is just a technicality or we know what really happened. You don't know what really happened. This trial would have been entirely different. And also, it never should have happened in the first place. I'll give you that point because we know it because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just litigated that for us. We're good on that. Uh, the 
point about it would have been totally different. Why was Cosby not allowed to testify in his own defense because he gave a deposition in a civil trial? The point is, is that by taking that illegal deposition, using those words against him, it, would, it made it very difficult for him to take the stand. But they were his words. I'm just saying he could have the, taken the stand. As long as he's going to tell the truth, he couldn't have been in any trouble, right? Well, I'm not talking about the potential for perjury. I'm talking about the fact that we live in a society where you shouldn't have your words used against you. Had he taken the stand, all of those words that he said during this deposition, whether in whatever context they were taken, what unfairly uh, uh, laid out in the way that the, the civil attorneys did, uh, this was four days of deposition. It made it impossible. No defense attorney would have, would have said, yeah, sure, take the stand and, 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 and deal with these, um, again, a deposition statements that were illegally obtained. Bonjean, I do not disagree with you from a perspective of legal strategy. I'm just saying, in terms of common sense, um, he could have still testified. I understand why strategically you would have been nuts to stay on the case if he insisted on doing it when you knew what was coming. But I'm just saying, uh, if he had nothing to fear of his own words, he could have made a different choice. No, even innocent people uh, plead the fifth all the time. If absolutely, they absolutely so they I, do. I, I, but I'm I, saying I the idea that this deposition ruined it for him because now he couldn't testify, that's not true. No, he the deposition- could, But the it would have made it hard. The deposition, it wasn't just about the deposition being highly prejudicial if he took the stand. Uh, the words that you yourself just quoted came into evidence that were obtained illegally. It's, so if, if, if someone is physically coerced, into making a statement, um, uh, we we recognize. Oh, well, we don't. That that's unfair. We can't use that statement. But this is no different in some ways because someone was well, tricked. Well, coerced confession is where somebody's made to say something they don't believe. Not always. Some people are coerced into saying the truth, I guess. But you're talking about a com uh, statements that were induced involuntarily, in a sense, by making promises Absolutely. that they uh, did not live up to. Absolutely. And you talked earlier in this first segment. Um, what does that mean for these prosecutions where, all, where the government needs to rely on these cooperators? Absolutely. Well, they, well what, if, if, the, if the, you can't trust the can't government, trust do you think, you think Weiselberg or any of these cooperators will come forward with these prosecutions and help the government? If you can't if, trust if them. If you can't trust them? Nope. I don't think so. Me either. So, um, That's why you got to play the game the right way. And they screwed this up. And that's what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just said, and they can appeal it. We'll see if they can change uh, the outcome at the next level, if they have any way to do nope. that. Um, but they can't retry it, not for Andrea Constand, not nope. after what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just said. Not after you on the procedure. It was just the particulars of what this was about and what it isn't about. I but mean, I, I, I understand. I, I appreciate you making the case. You didn't have to. Thank you for taking the opportunity. It's helpful to the audience. Thank you. Be well. You too. All right, now look, this is stunning. And not if you are a legal scholar, okay? Not if you have been following it from a procedural perspective. Smart people had real questions early on. How do I know? Because I read Michael Smirkanch, okay? He had concerns years ago based on what you just heard coming from Cosby Council. His insight landed him an exclusive interview with Cosby while he faced trial. So Smirk is here to help you understand why, sure, you should be upset, but at who and why. Next. Bill Cosby being a free man absolutely came as a surprise to a lot of people, except my next guest, friend of the show, sits in here and does a better job, fellow attorney, Michael Smirkanish. 
He raised the legal issues at hand years before Cosby was even convicted of assault in 2018. Michael asked Cosby about it in what would be his last public interview before being sentenced to prison. Listen. A federal judge said, I'm paraphrasing, if Bill Cosby is going to be out there on his soapbox speaking about moral virtue, then it's fair for this deposition to be used against him. From a legal standpoint, I thought that was a wrong decision, and I I said so at the time. Do you want to comment on that underlying decision, which played a pretty significant role in the position in which you find yourself? I have an emotion about what the judge did, and I'm still very much confused about how that came about. In other words, you you thought you had a deal, that case was over, and the facts of it were done. No. <laughs> it's, it's the way it was put out and the way many people saw it and you just said it, and I think uh, I think the safest way to put it is uh, I agree with you. Now, there is an answer. Uh, the trial judge said that this deal didn't meet the standard of something that had to be recognized as formal and operative. And then even at appeal level, they were balancing equities here. Now, you could argue they should have never gotten to that stage. Once they knew that there was a deal and it was acted upon to... Uh, The disadvantage of Cosby, which it certainly was by him uh, speaking in his own defense in the civil case as directed according to the deal, it was tainted. Now, let's bring in Smirk. Uh, It's good to have you. You heard me and Bon Jean. What's your take on this situation? Twofold. Number one, he was enticed to surrender his Fifth Amendment rights. And then the testimony that he offered in that deposition was used against him in the subsequent criminal proceeding. That was after he paid $3 million-plus to make the civil suit go away. So everybody's already talking about that. The second issue that I think requires more examination in retrospect is that he gave the deposition testimony, the very damning testimony. He couldn't assert a Fifth Amendment right. But, Chris, that deposition testimony remained under a temporary seal. And now a federal judge was called upon to make a determination as to whether that testimony should see the light of day. And the rationale of the judge was to say to Bill Cosby, where you have donned the mantle of a public moralist, you've surrendered your privacy rights. And he cited in a footnote to the opinion three different examples where Bill Cosby essentially was telling other people how to lead their lives. And one of the examples was our colleague, Don Lemon. In other words, Cosby went on Don Lemon's show and made comments about juvenile delinquents. Mm. And the federal judge, looking at that, looking at the the so-called pound cake speech that Cosby delivered, said, Bill Cosby, you're telling other people how to lead their lives. But what was the legal precedent? I think they have a right to know how you're leading your life. You see, that was my problem in reading it. I get the guy's understanding, the judge's feelings. I get the opinion. I get where it's coming from. I did not get the legal basis for it. 
you know, where do you, where does it say? Well, I don't think in any jurisprudence that he's justified. Right. I don't think that it was justified. He cited case law that I don't that I don't think is worthwhile. But you know, essentially, he's saying, "Look, you have a public platform. I'm going to hold you to this standard. What if otherwise the facts were the same and Bill Cosby were an accountant, a plumber, an architect? You couldn't have made that argument. That is what made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. And when I said so in print and on CNN, that's when I guess Cosby decided." He wanted to speak to me before he went to trial. By the way, that was wildly misunderstood as me somehow defending his conduct. Right. I was always making a legal argument here right. that I didn't buy into the logic of what was being used. Right. Well, people conflate the two. I mean, look, and that was even happening with Bonjean right. uh, a little bit. Look, she won. She won on a procedural issue, and it's a procedural issue that has constitutional implications, and it matters. And it also sucks because you have all these women This wasn't about a hand on the knee. This wasn't about a suggestion that they thought differently about later. This was sexual assault and a pattern of behavior that he admitted in a civil deposition that admittedly he should have never been coaxed into giving. Um, But this isn't about the truth. He's not innocent. He hasn't been found innocent. Nothing that was said against him was found to be untrue after the fact. And even his own words were damning of him. This is about how the game is supposed to be played and if you don't play it by the right rules, then the game doesn't matter. That's what it is. Okay, I'll, I'll accept everything you've said, but please don't then say, and it was a technicality. I'm hearing people say, oh, he, he beat it on a technicality. No, they should have never put There's him to trial. technicality. You'll it's never get someone to cooperate again. It's a constitutional again. principle. Yeah, if you don't get this right, it's a serious you'll never get someone to cooperate. Principle. That's right. Well, because if, you ha- if you're allowed to be duped out of your right, I mean, that's what we say in the Miranda warnings. You know, be careful. Everything you say can and will be held against you. So you have the right not to self-incriminate yourself. They screwed this up. I don't know why Castor did it. I don't know why the other guys decided not to own it. They had to see that. Well, it would be but, a but I got to I got to say this. I got to say this about Castor. I mean, frankly, Castor was done wrong. How? Because here here was a former district attorney. Castor gave testimony before the trial, number one, the one that ended in a hung jury, even began. Castor on, you know, under oath said, here's the deal right. I gave this guy that was discounted by right. the trial court. They proceeded with the trial nonetheless. Right. And by the way, don't don't lose sight of this. Local politics played a role in this too. Mm. Uh, no, I agree with everything you just said. I'm saying I don't know what Castor's thinking was in the deal. He'd have to explain that. I get it was about his burden of proof, but he would need to articulate He's explained it. it to me. He's explained it to me on my radio show. He said that he didn't think he had enough in the record to prosecute Bill Cosby. He nevertheless believed Constan, wanted her to get compensated, and thought he was helping her right. if he now got Cosby to testify right. under oath. And she did get paid. I'm not saying that makes it right. But there's more to the story. Absolutely. And it's a little bit of a weird deal, but he did have the discretion to make it. Nobody has said otherwise. But it was about the next set of prosecutors and how the rules were changed for their convenience in a criminal prosecution. That's what has us here today. And it is unsatisfying and it stinks for a lot of people who think that this was wrong because they believe what Cosby did was wrong. You've never said anything different, but the system matters and the rules matter. Michael Smirkanish, you flagged it early, you flagged it often, you were right. Silence has acceptance. We are forgetting uh, nothing when it comes to keeping our eyes on Florida. But we have to make sure 
that we are constantly feeding understanding and being respectful to the need for families to know where are our loved ones? Is the number about who's missing even right? And why did this happen? We have a survivor, thank God, uh, who's going to join us tonight. She saw something that was bad and turned into something worse in seconds, and she managed to get out. What she saw, what it means, next. We all have a good feel for what the realities are in Florida. Uh, There's going to be heartache. There's going to be loss like that community has never seen. And we don't even know what the numbers are. That number 149, I don't know if it's true. I don't know how they got it. I don't know what the vetting is that's going on. I know it's difficult. I know it's layered. I know it's complicated. I know that there's distracted focus. But I just don't have the certainty. But here's what I do know. You made it out of that building. You are lucky to the point of the miraculous. Now, we see that in the context of how many didn't get out. Crews removed the bodies of two children from the rubble, four and 10 years old. Now, no matter how many people there are there, God forbid they don't find anybody else who's alive, which, of course, gets more and more realistic every hour. But the idea of who they will find, the old and loved grandparents, the parents, the people in their prime, the kids, the teens the pets, there are lives buried beneath. 18 now confirmed dead. A number that we're not really sure about, but it's maybe 145, more, less. We don't know, but it's a lot. So people are looking and thinking, how did this happen? What do we do? How do we stop it from ever happening? How do we give families some sense of closure? Now take a look at this one, new video showing debris and water gushing into the building's garage moments before it collapsed. Um, I don't know if you can see it from this, but that's what's going on. You see the pipe? See it's pouring? Uh, It's not a storm drain as far as we know. Why would you have a drain in the middle of the garage? So there was a problem. Warnings at 1.30 in the morning. But everybody's asleep at 1.30 in the morning. But then people made it out, and they are here to tell the story. Unit 611 of Champlain Tower South. You can see it was right in the middle of the section that collapsed. Right in the middle. Who was in there? Eliana Monteagudo. She bought that condo just six months ago. Here she is. And that is miraculous. She is there with her handsome son. And this is a blessing, not just to their family, but to all the families. Um, There is hope and there is also more perspective. Eliana, Senora, and Andy Alvarez, thank you very much both for being with us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, you for having us on. You make me cry uh, before I start to, to tell the people what I feel, what, what happened that night in my case, in my house. Um, do you will ask me something or I start to, to talk? I will ask I you something and then I will listen. Tell them... Tell the audience, what woke you up? What did you see? What did you do? Well, uh, around one something at night, I was sleepy. And uh, a force, uh, rare, rare force, uh, woke up me. 
And when I woke up, I felt something strange around me. And I thought that maybe I leave uh, open the balcony door. And I run to the living room, try to close it. But at that time, can I do it? And I, and I hear a crack behind me. Everybody said to me that don't take care with the bar because that bar is too much barrels and so heavy, blah, 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 coming down any moment, any time. So I was worried for the, for the bar and I look at the bar, but when I see the wall, you know, the, the bar was uh, in, in, in the, there, I saw a crack starting in the ceiling, coming down, coming down fast. And uh, the, that uh, black line, open it and open it and open it. So what did Keep you do? My English, I don't speak English. I will try to do my best, pardon me? So what did you do? How did you get out? What I do, something inside of me said, run. You have to run to save your life. I run to my bathroom, um, I change my, my robe for the, um, any casual, the, 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 the first um, dress that I see, I put, on, I put it on and, and the sandals and run to the living room and took my purse that last night, the other night, was a, few, a few hours ago, I was putting in there all my credit cards and my pills, and uh, that's it. I run to there, took my, my, my purse in my hands, my cellular phone. I, I blow off the, the candle for on the Guadalupe Virgen. I know I don't have it right now. The Lady of uh, Guadalupe. The Guadalupe. The La Virgen de Guadalupe, yes. Excuse me because you made me cry. Uh, You're making me cry. You, lit, you light candles the to the Lady of Guadalupe, just so people understand. Um, in Catholicism, especially within, uh, you know, la Latino culture, uh, that is uh, a way, an icon of seeing Mother Mary as someone who protects us against bad things. And you had the candle lit at 1.30 in the morning. Yes, I don't, yes, of course. And I blow off um, thinking something happened, come, you know, fire or whatever, come happen, close the door and I run to the elevator. I don't know where the exit stairs was. I don't know because I don't, you know. So you took the elevator down. Because, pardon me? You took the elevator down. Did you see anybody else and what was happening around you? No, 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 no. All the hall is completely silent. No alarm started to, you know, to sound. To sound. Uh, nothing. That building, a lot of people take it like a summer, summer um, house. So it was uh, quiet. Now it's summer and they are in the different states. So did you take the uh, elevator or did you go the, down the stairs? The, yes, and, and they had the elevator, but farther than my apartment, I didn't know that beside my apartment, was another exit elevator. If exit I knew stairs, that, exit stairs. the stairs. stairs, I'm sorry, stairs. If I knew that, maybe I will take it that one and, and, and I can tell the story. Well, either right way, now. you got to the bottom. Thank uh, God. What happened when you got down? 
I, I went to the to, to the father, the fathers. I run, 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 run. When I opened the door beside uh, the elevator, I don't know what happened in there. If, if it's something else, an apartment or whatever, I don't know. In that moment, I opened the door and I finally find or found or whatever the, the stairs. I started to ah. go down fast, 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 fast. And then you I found the stairs the and then you got down. What was it like when you reached the bottom? Well, but th this uh, when she started going down the stairs, Chris, yeah, Andy. from the sixth floor to the fourth floor, uh, the building collapsed. She I could hear it. She could hear it behind the walls of the stairs. I feel a terrible sound, terrible sound, and I knew that the, the building collapsed. So while she's and going down the stairs, the other part of the tower falls off, and she's obviously in the part that is standing, having left the other side. Uh huh. Exactly. 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 Her exactly. her apartment collapsed uh, just seconds after she she exited the the apartment. And what she was t telling you before, Chris, was if she would have gone the stair emergency staircase that was closest to her apartment, she, she wouldn't be telling you the story. She got the wrong staircase. So first, Andy, I don't yeah. want to leave you out of this. Um, thank you for clarifying it. By the way, Senora, your your description is perfect. Uh, it's completely understandable. It's just unbelievable in my heart. But your words make perfect sense. Everybody understands. So thank you. Andy, what does it mean to you that your mother is still holding your arm next to you after a situation like this? Can you can you believe it? Chris, uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. She's she's told this story a million times. And every time I hear the story, I I, I don't believe it. You know, I've heard it so many times and it's gone through my head so many times. And I think to myself, I go, if my mother hadn't, um, she had to wake up early the next day, the next morning, she didn't take her sleeping pill because she was afraid she was going to oversleep. If it wasn't for that open door, because the door unhatched, unhinged from the, from its railing system, because we believe the building had shifted. So if it wasn't for that wind, maybe she wouldn't have gone to the living room. If she hadn't seen that crack, if that crack would have been the, done maybe minutes before she would have looked at it and said, well, what's a crack doing in my living room? She saw it moving down her wall. If she hadn't um, organized her purse the night before, if she um, hadn't seen the security guard, now she's going to probably tell you the part when she exited the emergency staircase. But if she had knocked on the door and her neighbor, her Hilda, the, the older woman, uh, the 92-year-old lady that they found today, they found her body today, unfortunately, our heart goes out to her family. Um, if she would have knocked on her door, she's hard of hearing. It would have taken her maybe a while for her to just go wake up and go answer the door. If she would have done that, she wouldn't have been here telling the story either. It, you know, so many things happened in a way that if any of those one things would have gone the other way, my mother would not be here. Chris, point is, miracle, a miracle happened within all this tragedy. God exists and angels too. That's so, because when I was running down the stairs, the only thing that I said, oh my God, oh God, oh Jehovah, please, I want to see my, home, my sons, I want to see my grandsons, I don't want to die. Please let me, because I was afraid in the first floor, maybe the door, the exit door to the, the level, the street level was stocked with debris, um, uh, and I can open it, and I, and I will, you know, keep keep the, a trap, a trap in 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 the in the stairs. There's many errors, 
and many things uh, playing together to for for me be alive at this time. Uh, and and that is a miracle. Uh, it's no doubt it. No doubt it because I was the only one that all the the oh, the whole the part of the building collapsed. Then I came by myself, you know, uh, and and I okay because um, I'm I don't break a leg, I don't make nothing. I terrified, oh of course, crying of all, of, of course, and I'm still crying for all the people because all of the, all the 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 things that are happening there was available. 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 Why? Let me, let me ask Andy Eliana, let me let me ask uh-huh. you why. I've heard you say this before uh, when I was reading for this, that your mother believes it was avoidable, Andy, that uh, this was foreseeable. Did she have concerns about the building or is it about what you guys have been learning since? Chris, uh, she's wanting she's wanted to live in that building uh, ever since she moved to Miami 40 years ago. She would go to the beach on 88th Street for years, for literally for years. Uh, she owned a home not too far away from there. She ended up having to sell the house, but with the money sh- she got from that selling of the house, she bought this apartment. And the building, she dreamt in living, uh, living. Uh, she's always, all, for many, many years, told all her friends that eventually one day she was gonna live in that building. I mean, who would have thought that this was gonna happen? I mean, if well, let's say I'm the building is in terms of the condition of the building, Andy, did she ever have any concerns about that? I don't know. Did you have any concerns? No. no. Nobody tell me anything. Right. No, the real estate. No, not, you never nobody. got any letter. No, you didn't no, know anything about this. Well, look, here's what we know. Thank God you have each other uh, and you're in each other's arms. And why it happened, we'll never know. But we know that it did happen. And thank God for that. Senora, thank you. Andy. God Thank bless you, that you have your mother with Thank you. Thank you so much. God right. bless you. Okay, God bless you. Be Thank well. you so much. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Boy, oh boy, you talk to people who have faith, and they always say, you know, religion doesn't keep bad things from happening in your life, but faith can often help you get through what does happen. And that's certainly the case for the Monte Agudo family. Thank you for watching. D. Lemon. Don Lemon tonight, right now. There are some beautiful families there, uh, and the stories that they're telling about their loved ones, heart-wrenching and um, much needed. We need to hear about the lives of the folks. But I have some breaking um, handoff news that I want to talk to you about because you're an attorney. Talk to me about what's happening with Weisselberg and the Trump org, because it was supposedly this is a, over tax crimes in connection with an array of perks and benefits awarded to employees. Right. So Weisselberg is supposedly charged now, indicted, I, I should say, and the Trump organization. What gives? What's indicted, going on? charged, same thing. He's in yeah. the same position. He's supposed to surrender himself tomorrow is our reporting. Now, uh, let me give you the plus minus on this, okay? Here's the bad news uh, for Trump people, okay? Uh, we've never seen a former president connected to this kind of criminal prosecution. This is his company. It was just indicted for alleged criminal behavior. More troubling is the man that they have fingered for this, Weisselberg, now is in a jam because the only way out of it, he obviously couldn't convince them that they had the wrong guy or it wasn't worth what they think. He may be able to convince a jury otherwise. But if these benefits, ill-gotten gains, as prosecutors will call them, extended to his kids, 
And they can say to him, we're going to charge your kids, Mr. Weisselberg, and you're going to go away, and so might they, unless somebody else knew. Somebody told you to do this. Mm -hmm. Then you need to tell us. That can be very powerful medicine. What's the minus? These charges, any day in prison is a bad day. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But these are not heavyweight charges. That's where I was going. Aren't they going to say that most companies, most people do this? It's not a chargeable offense. Why are you charging the the former president's uh, company uh, and the person who who ran or signed the checks? Are you treating him any differently than you would treat anyone else? Uh, If you look at any company, they're a perk. They can, but I don't think that gets you very far in a court of law. You don't like the president. Mm -hmm. You only know what you show. And if they show that the tax code was violated or that any statutes were violated, it doesn't matter how you feel about the violator. Mm -hmm. They violated the law. And now it's up to the jury to decide whether it meets the burden and to a judge to figure out what the punishment is. So I don't think that argument is very strong. The problem for prosecutors will be, you know, one, can they make the case against these people? You know, we're putting an expectation that they want to get Trump. That's politics. That's media. We don't know that. They just want to go where the evidence lies. But if Weisselberg, as Barbara Rez, longtime Trump employee, said on the show tonight, he knew. He knew they only did what he told them to do. If that's the case, we could see a former president of the United States indicted. And I think that's the last word on that. We have lots of breaking news. I wanted to clarify that with you because we're going to be talking about that and other things as well. I shall see you tomorrow. Thank Don you, my Lemon, friend. I give you my legal advice for free because I love you. <laughs> I appreciate your perspective and your legal advice. Uh, and that goes double. Thank you, sir. All right. I'll see you soon. So that- Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.